Hey, it's the d and guy back for another episode of Dungeons and & Dragons. And today, we're going to continue to learn how to create a character. So, remember uh, last episode we talked about dwarves and elves? And uh, today, we're going to talk about halflings and humans. Because, remember, we were talking about different races you can be when you're creating a character? And, uh, yeah, so, i just like to give a shout-out that, um... I'm sorry about this episode, it's been like two weeks instead of one, it's been a, la- a bit late of a release, and uh, also I'm going on vacation tomorrow, so I won't be back So for four weeks, so and while I'm on vacation I won't be putting out new episodes, so uh, but the week I get back in like four weeks, I'll put out an episode as soon as I can and try to get back on my normal episode schedule. And uh, yeah, I just also like to say thank you guys for listening. You've been so great listening to all my episodes. And uh, I'd also like to say during halftime, we're gonna talk about a few new things for, that's coming up for this podcast instead of what we normally do during halftime. And uh, yeah, so stay tuned. So uh, last time we left off, we had just finished elves, and so now we're going to talk about halflings. So halflings are like also pretty small, they're smaller than dwarves, and yeah, so remember in the past too, like at the start, there's been this little clip I have, let me find it, there, got it. And, uh, it, like, talks about maybe, like, an exemplary clip from a little book or a D&D adventure or something about, like, a halfling or, like, yeah, about that race. So, it's either one for the halfling. So, Regis the halfling, the only one of his kind for hundreds of miles in any direction, locked his fingers behind his head and leaned back against the mossy blanket of the, against the mossy blanket of the tree trunk. Regis was short, even by the standards of his a diminutive race, with the fluff of his curly brown locks barely crescent the three-foot mark, but his belly was amply thickened by his love of a good meal, or several, as the opportunities presented themselves. The crooked stick that served as his fishing pole rose up above him, clenched between two of his toes, that hung out over the quiet lake, mirrored perfectly in the glassy surface of Mordualdom. So that was by R.A. Salvatore, and that uh, was from, uh, that was from a book called The Crystal Shard. Uh, the past, remember the one we did with dwarves? It was about like Dritz and Bruno Bauhammer. That was also from The Crystal Shard, and that book Regis is also is one of the adventure companions. So now let's talk about halflings, like some traits about them. So there's another little clip I have too. This one's uh, in the player's handbook. I, I think the first clip is also in it. Yeah, so I have it. Uh, so it says this. The comforts of home are the goals of most halflings' lives. A place to settle in peace and quiet, far from marauding monsters and clashing armies. A blazing fire and a generous meal, fine drink and fine conversation. To some halflings live out their days in remote agricultural communities. Other form nomadic bands that travel constantly, 
lured by the open road and the wide horizon to discover the wonders of a new of new lands and peoples. But even these wanderers love peace, food, uh, hearth, and home. Through home they may be a wagon jostling along a dirt road or a raft floating downstream. So there. Now let's talk about uh, like some traits halflings have and like just personality and stuff to help you like create and roleplay them. So small and practical. So halflings like evolved to survive in the world of much larger creatures. Like the majority of intelligent humanoid creatures are larger than halflings. Even dwarves and gnomes and those guys are a bit larger. So halflings are one of the smallest, the smallest race you can play in the player's handbook. So they're about like so they're barely they survive to barely escape notice. They're about three feet tall, and they just appear relatively harmless. So and because of that, they have managed to survive for centuries. In the shadows of empires, so great empires rise and fall, but halflings, they'll just stay there. They'll be there with everything. So yeah, they're short and stout, and they usually weigh between 40, 45, 50, around their pounds. So uh, the skin is usually uh, like tan, like it ranges from tan to pale, with like a ruddy cast, uh, and their hairs are usually uh sandy brown, brownish, uh, and also like it's usually wavyish, like wavy. They have brown or hazel eyes. So uh, halfling men, often like they don't usually have beards, but they do uh, have thick sideburns, which they care for. And uh, they like to wear simple, comfortable, and practical clothes. Usually, they also they really like bright colors for their clothes. And uh, they don't really extend or like like fancy or like big fancy clothes. They're mostly concerned with basic needs and pleasures, and have little use for like austerities and like flashy stuff. So even the wealthiest halflings keep their treasure locked up in cellar rather than on display for all to see. Not really like the shiny type. Or like the one that to display everything and say like I'm so wealthy and stuff, yeah. So uh, they also have like a knack for finding the most straightforward solution to a problem and of low patience for dipping. So kind and curious. So... Halflings are like a cheerf are very cheerful and friendly people, so they really enjoy like bonds of family and friends, and they also like comforts such as home, good food, and uh, the hearth, and they don't really dream much of like going out and earning gold or glory, so even adventurers among them usually don't usually like usually adventure into. Uh, uh, like start the adventure in life, for reasons of community, friendship, wander, lots of curiosity. So they love the one of the the main reason they start adventuring is because they love discovering new things, even simple things such as like exotic food or an unfamiliar style of clothing. So uh, they are easily like moved by pity, and they they hate that see other races and people suffer. 
and uh, they are generous. They usually like if they see our people suffering or hungry, they'll share what they have, even if they have a very small amount. And yeah, so blend into the crowd since halflings are so small and squat and not really noticeable. They can easily fit into like communities of humans, elves, dwarves. Yeah, and they make themselves valuable and welcome. So, though, since they're pretty small, they can also be pretty stealthy. And, like, since they don't, like, they're not so much big talk and they don't draw attention. Like, they don't, uh, many people won't notice them if, yeah, so they can blend in easily. And, uh... They're they're good collaborators. They're really good at collaborating. They'll work uh, really good with others. They're loyal to their friends and their family, uh, whether, like, those people are halfling or not. And uh, when they can display, like, usually people don't expect this, but they can display massive ferocity and fierceness when their friends or family are in danger. So, pastoral pleasanties. So, most halflings live in, like, small, peaceful communities. They don't have use for, like, big homes. Uh, but they do keep, like, large farms and well-kept groves. So, they really build kingdoms of their own. Like, if you look in any, like, D&D world, there's no, like, halfling kingdoms. And they don't really hold much land beyond their quiet shires. Uh, they typically don't recognize any halfling nobility or royalty, and instead they look towards, like, family elders and, like, yeah, so basically they say, like, the oldest among them have lived the longest, so they've seen experience the most, so they're the wisest, which is actually a pretty good theory. So, yeah, families will preserve their traditions, even as, like, a massive empires rise and fall and war rages around them. So many halflings will live among other races, especially humans. And uh, there are people like other races will like having them around because they're hardworking, loyal, and they have a positive outlook. So that can like be good for, so they produce good work because of this. And uh, some affluent communities travel as a way of life whether like boating down like rivers or traveling down roads and yeah so exploring opportunities so halflings usually set out on adventuring paths to defend their communities support their friends or like explore uh like or just explore a big world and uh for them, like, adventuring is less a career than, like, uh, opportunity or, like, sometimes a necessity. So, I have another, I remember I have another little sheet. I did this for dwarves and elves of how halflings look at each other. Yeah, I got it. I think, like, I think these are in the place number two. Uh, so, I'll read it down. I'll read it out. It's called A Fillable and Positive. Halflings try to get along with everyone else and are loath to make sweeping generalizations, especially negative ones. So dwarves. Dwarves make loyal friends and you can count on them to keep their word. But what hurt for them to smile once in a while? Elves. They're so beautiful. Their faces, their music, their grace and all. It's like they stepped over a wonderful dream. 
but there's no telling what's going on behind those smiling faces, surely more than they can ever let on. Humans. Humans are a lot like us, actually. At least some of them are. Step out of the castles and keeps, go talk to the farmers and herders, and you find good, solid folk. Not that there's anything wrong with the barons and soldiers. We have to admire their conviction. By protecting their own lands, they protect us as well. And uh, the reason they're called halflings as well is because they're basically like smaller humans. So yeah, let's read some of the first before we get to halfling traits. Uh, let's do some like halfling names. So uh, halflings usually have like their name, their family name, and then usually halflings will call like their dearest friends or family members by a uh, nickname. And uh, so male names, Alton, Ander, Cade, Corin, Eldon, Eric, uh, wait, Erich, Finnan, Garrett, Lindo, Lyle, Merrick, Milo, Osborne, per- Perrin, Reed, Rosku, Welby, Welby, and now female names, Andrew, Bree, Callie, Cora, Ephemia, Jillian, Kithri, Lavinia, Lida, Mela, Nada, Pala, Portia, Seraphina, Shania, Thrym, Vanny, Verna, now some family names, Brushgather, Good Barrel, Green Bottle, High Hill, Hilltopple, Lee Gallo, Tea Leaf, Thorn Gauge, Toss Cobble, Underbow, and uh, yeah, and then usually they'll have like some other nicknames related to like what, like other nicknames related to like maybe there was like an accident or something that happened or like their personality, so you can come up with those. And Halfling's, so Halfling traits. So ability score improvement, so while the ability scores improve, their dexterity improves by two. Uh, so age, they usually like reach adulthood around 20, so they mature like the same way as humans. And they generally live into like the second, the mid of their second century. Uh, so they're pretty long-lived. Alignment, so most Halflings are lawful good, as a result, they are good-hearted and kind. They hate to see others in pain or, like, trouble. And uh, they're also very orderly and traditional. And uh, they lean heavily on the support of their community in hard times. So, size. Halflings, like, usually about 3 feet tall and weigh about 40 pounds. So, your size is small. Speed. So, your base walking speed is 25 feet. Oh. Beyond size, like different races, uh, you can be like races that are medium size or small size, but never races that are larger or tinier than that. And that's in the uh, races for Dini. So speed, your base walking, so you can uh, move 25 feet each turn. Lucky. So when you roll a 1 on a die 20 for an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, you can re-roll the die and you must use the new roll. So that's actually a pretty useful trait when I've been a halfling. Because one is like an automatic fail. So brave. You have advantage on saving those against being frightened. Halfling nimbleness. So you can move through the space of like through the spaces usually 
usually can't move through the spaces of like the space of a different creature that's a halfling you can move through the space of a creature that's at least one size larger than you so languages you can speak read and write common uh uh common and halfling so the halfling language isn't secret but halflings like don't like to tell non-halflings much about it they don't have like a big body of like written literature but they do have very strong like oral traditions and they'll tell like stories to their children and stuff they'll tell the stories to their children and stuff uh and they'll speak half and they'll speak common to converse with like to talk to people uh who's like who like they dwell near or like who they're speaking to even if those people speak halfling as well so there's two sub-races of halflings. There's a lightfoot and the stout. So the lightfoot... So lightfoot halflings, like, can easily hide from notice. And, uh... They can... They even use other people's cover. So... They usually get along well with others. And, uh... They are... In the Forgotten Realms, lightfoots are, like, the farthest spread. And, like, the most common. And they are also, like, prone to more wanderlust than our halflings. And they usually, they more likely dwell among other races or take up, like, a nomadic life. So in the world of Greyhawk, these halflings are called hare feet or tall fellows. Fellows. So belly score increase. So your charisma score increases by one. And they're naturally stealthy. You can attempt to hide even when you're obscured but only by a creature that is at least one size larger than you and now the stout halfling so as a stout halfling like hardier than an a- the average halfling and have like some resistance to poison some say that like stout halflings have like some dwarven blood because dwarves also have some of these traits uh in the forgotten realms these halflings are called strong hearts and uh they are most common like the southern forgotten realms so your constitution score increases by one and you have advantage on saving throws against poison, and you have your res- resistance against poison damage. So uh, let's break for halftime now, because this halftime it's going to be a bit longer, because I'm going to explain some stuff, and then we're going to do our normal like kind of diety uh, rundown chart. So yeah. <laughs> So first of all, I'd like to talk about my uh, email where you can send me questions about Dungeons & Dragons. So uh, a bunch of episodes back, I told you that what the email was, but I was I got Ron. And uh, so now I finally caught that mistake, and I'm just going to tell you guys the new version so you can send me in your questions about D&D. I might not answer them during, your vaca- during my uh, four-week vacation, but the minute I get back, I'll answer some of them. Oh, uh, yeah. So, it, before I said it was the D&D guy at gmail.com, no spaces. And the very first T was a capital, but that's Ron, Ron, Ron. The real email is the D&D guy at gmail.com. No spaces, no capitals. The D&D guy at gmail.com, that is... No capitals, no spaces, T-H-E-D-A-N-D-D, 
G-U-Y, and then the at symbol, and then G-mail, so G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. So the D&D guy at gmail.com, no spaces, no capitals. And you can send me your questions about D&D there, and I'll answer them after my vacation. So what else would I like to talk about? So, as you can see, we've you guys have learned how to play D&D. You guys can play D&D now. And uh, also, after a, bunch, a few more episodes, maybe by the end of the summer or mid-fall, we'll be done learning how to create character. And then, what will we talk about? Because we got down how, like, the Craig, how to be a player. Because you remember there's two types of guys, the players. There's a bunch of players. And then there's one dungeon master who basically runs the game. And so we're going to, after that, we'll talk a bit about, like, being a dungeon master and stuff like that. And then we'll also do some episodes on other stuff. Like, I got two D&D books that are all about, like, that have extra rules and really cool info. The one of them has a bunch of these really cool monsters and monster info and new races. It's all these really cool stuff. They're called Xander's Guide to Everything and Volo's Guide to Monsters. Xander's Guide to Everything is pretty good. And Volo's Guide to Monsters is just amazing. If you're a really big fan of D&D and uh, you want, like, a little expansion to your game, I strongly recommend you get this book. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do more episodes about that in the future. And uh, also, I'd just like to say for how to create character, I'm just going to lay it down for you guys so you know what to expect. So we're going to do, uh, there's a bunch of races in the player's handbook. After this episode, we're probably going to do in our two episodes on different races, like talking about all these different races. Then we're going to do like in our three episodes talking about like, just the main general idea of different classes and then after that we're going to do a few like two episodes like an episode or two talking about the main idea of different backgrounds and after all that we're gonna do like two maybe three episodes to put it all together and learn how to create a character uh like a character and as you learn the create character uh I'm going to choose, like, a specific type of class, probably the most common one and one of the most common races. And I'm going to give you tips and tricks about the best races and stuff for this class as we create the character. And I think I'll do that for each class. Is like, I'll do different videos. Like, the first class might be the fighter, then, like, the wizard, then a cleric, then a rogue. Different classes about, like, what's the best stuff you can choose to make your character the best it can be. And, uh... Yeah, so also I might have some different episodes on. I might gonna pull a bunch of guests, some guests on the show about how they were satisfied with, satisfied with different adventures that have been put out. I might have like some of my own work on here. I've been working on my adventure. Might put that, uh, that out. Uh, I've been working on my own adventure. It's not, I haven't really done much into it because I'm running a different one right now. I might put out some other stuff like a pantheon of gods I've created soon after we're done all this other pantheon stuff. And uh, yeah, so now that you guys know what's upcoming, uh, so yeah, let's hop back into the episode. And uh, yeah, let's start learning about humans. So uh, humans, so let's talk about the human race. So... 
first uh, stories, let's read the passage and a little, like, generalization about the race. So, these are the stories of restless people who long ago took to the seas and rivers and longboats. First the purge and terrorized, then the sail. Yet there was an energy, a love of adventure, that sang from every page. Long into night, Lyriel read, lighting candle after precious candle. She'd never given much thought to humans, but these stories fascinated her. In these yellow pages were tales of bold heroes, strange and fierce animals, mighty primitive gods, and a magic that was part and fabric of that distant land. And that was by Elaine Cunningham, and it was from the book Daughter of the Drow. In the reckonings of most worlds, humans are the youngest of the common races, late to arrive on the world scene and short-lived in comparison to dwarves, elves, and dragons. Perhaps it is because of their shorter lives that they strive to achieve as much as they can in the years they are given. Or maybe they feel they have something to prove to the elder races, and that's where they build their mighty empires on the foundations of conquest and trade. Whatever drives them, humans are the innovators, the achievers, and the pioneers of the world. And uh, so the broad spectrum, this is a... So I'm not going to talk about, like, with the races, how tall humans are, like, usually like five to over six feet tall, how much they weigh, because we're humans. We know that. Like, I'm not going to talk about skin color either, hair color, beards. Uh, but I will say that they have, like, some use some humans because it's a fancy world. There might there are usually some interbreeding between our races, and humans might have a dash of, like, halfling, dwarf, elf, or their blood. And, uh, yeah. So, a variety of all things. So, humans of all the races are the most adaptable and ambitious people. They have, like, uh, widely varying tastes, morals, and they have, uh, humans live, like, all over the place. Like, in most lands, you'll find humans, and, uh, they have many different customs, too. And, uh, when they settle through, they stay. They build cities that last for ages, as seen, like, the Forgotten Realms of Baldur's Gate and Waterdeep, those massive cities. And, uh, they can build great kingdoms that can persist for centuries so humans short-lived bigger so humans might be short-lived but the the biggest achievers uh like an individual human might have a small lifespan but a human nature nature or culture uh or culture represents uh traditions with origins like thousands of years back so yeah Humans live fully in the present, which uh, well suits them for the adventure in life. And uh, But they also plan for the future, like when they're building great cities. They also, since they're so short-lived, many humans will strive to leave their mark on the world. So they're, they're, they want to be remembered. And uh, humans are very adaptable opportunists. And they can uh, usually stay alert to change in political and social dynamics. And, uh, so, last intuitions. So, like, when a single elf or dwarf might take on the responsibility of guarding a special location or powerful secret, humans found sacred orders for that purpose. Like, in the Forgotten Realms, there's several sacred orders that are really, uh, big. While, uh, while dwarf clans and halfling elders pass on information... Uh, of ancient traditions to each new generation. Human temples, governments, libraries, and code laws fix, fix their t- 
traditions and history. Humans uh, dream of immortality, but very few can achieve that. And, uh, yeah. They, uh, but they achieve their own form of immortality by being remembered through the ages. And although some humans can be xenophobic, uh, in general, like, uh, the, in the societies, they're inclusive, like, inclusive, like, human societies can be very close-knit, and, uh, they also welcome a lot of non-human creatures into their cities, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, so also there's a little sidebar I have somewhere, <laughs> got it, and it says, Everyone's second best friends. So I'll read it. So just as readily as they mix with each other, humans mingle with members of the other races. They get along with almost everyone, though they might not be close to many. Humans serve as ambassadors, diplomats, mag, uh, magistrates, merchants, and functionaries of all kinds. So dwarves. <clears throat> so dwarves are stout folks, stalwart friends, and true to the word. They're greed for gold. Gold is their downfall, though. Elves. It's best not to wander into elven wood. They don't like intruders, and you're as likely to be bewitched as peppered with fails. Still, an elf can get past that damned racial pride and actually treat you like an equal. You can learn a lot from them. Halflings. It's hard to beat a, ha- a meal at a halfling home, as long as you don't crack your head on the ceiling. Good food and good stories in front of a nice warm fire. If halflings had a shred of ambition, they might really amount to something. And that's what humans think of their races. And uh, explorers of ambition. Humans who seek adventure are the most daring and uh, ambitious members of a daring, ambitious race. So, uh, they some seek glory and amassing power, wealth, and fame. Others seek... Uh, Others seek, like, just to do the right thing, and, uh, yeah, humans can have a wide variety of motives. And, uh, human knaves and ethnicities. So, humans have a really variety culture, and they have no typical names. So, instead, there's a lot of, uh, like, there's a, some different ethnicities that some of them might be based on some ethnicities on Earth. And they all have, like, different common names. And I'll read those out in a second. And, uh, yeah. And humans, as I said, humans are widely spread over. But they can change drastically from land to land. Like, they can be very different. Like, the culture, music, architecture, literature can be different. It can be very different on, let's say, there's a mountain. It can be extremely different. And there's two human settlements, uh, colonies on each side of the mountain. They can be extremely different in each colony. And uh, but human physical characteristics, characteristics, characteristics can uh, be very similar, except for hair color, skin color, eye color, and stuff like that. But like their height and weight and like stuff like that is pretty similar too. And in the Forgotten Realms, there's nine main human ethnicity groups, and I'll read the, these out now. 
I'll read them out and like some sample names for them. So Kalashite, uh, they're usually shorter and slower than most humans. They have dusky brown skin, hair and eyes, and Faerun is like another name for the Forgotten Realms, and they are mostly found in southwest Faerun. So Kalashite names, male names are Asia, Barded, Hattishead, Kemid, Mayamem, Sudiman, Zazir, and then female names are Atala, Seedil, Hama, Jasmel, Melil, Sipora, Yashara, Zashadi, Zashada, and then surnames are Basha, Domen, Jason, Kalad, Mostana, Pasha, Rain, and Chondatan, Chondatan, that's a next human ethnicity. Chondatans are slender, tawny uh, skin folk, and uh, they usually have brown hair that can range from almost blonde to almost black, uh, brown hair. And uh, most are pretty tall and have like green, uh, brown, uh, green or brown eyes. But uh, these traits are like they can have many different, like eye colors and hair colors, uh, too. And uh, humans of uh, Chondathan descent usually like dominate. There's a lot of them around the central lands of Faerun around the inner sea, which is this, like, kind of big water area in the middle of Faerun. And some sample names are uh, Darwin, Dorn, Evander, Gorstag, Grim, Helm, Mylark, Morn, Randall, Stead, and then some female ones are Irving, Esvel, Jessel, Carrie, Lurine, Mary, Rowan, Chandri, Tessel, and then some surnames are Amblecrown, Buckman, Dundragon, Evenwood, Greycastle, and Tulsig. And uh, so the Dameran are mostly found in northwest Faerun. And uh, Damarans are of moderate height and build. They usually have like Tawny the Fair skin colors. Uh, they usually have brown to black. Uh, that's usually their hair color. And uh, they usually have a wide variety of eye colors, so brown is the most common. And some of their names, some sample names are Bor, Fado, Glare, Grigor, Eigen, Ivor, Kosif, Mivel, Oil, Oral, Pavel, Sergor, and that's male names. And then Alethra, Kara, Katanin, Mera, Natalia, Natilla. No, Natalie, I don't think I'm pronouncing enough of these right. Omla, Oma, Tana, Zora, that's uh, females, and then some surnames are Bursk, Chernin, Dotsk, Kolenov, Marsk, Nemetsk, Nemetsk, Shemov, Stareg, Aluskin, so, Aluskin are tall, fair-skinned folk, and they have usually blue or steely gray eyes. They usually have raven black hair, and, uh, but those who ha- inhabit, like, extreme northwest will have blonde, red, or light brown hair. 
And, uh, yeah, so they're pretty widespread over a lot of Faerun, but usually a lot of them are along the Sword Coast. Uh, and some of the names are Fermail, Ander, Blath, Bran, Frath, Geth, Lander, Luth, Malker, Stor, Tamin, Earth. Some female are Amphrey, Betha, Kefre, Kithra, Mera, Ogla, Silifrey, Westra, and some surnames are surnames are Brightwood, Helder, Hornraven, Lachman, Stormwind, Rind River, and then uh, Mullen. So Mullins mostly live in the eastern and southeastern shores of the in- inner sea. And uh, the Mullen are usually tall, slim, amber- and amber-skinned, and they usually have like hazel brown eyes. They uh their hair color ranges from black to dark brown, but in uh, the mo- lands of Mullen are most prominent. Nobles of many other Mullen uh shave off a lot of hair. So Mullen names male, Aoth, Barry Eris, Iputki, Kithoth, Mumed, Ramis, Solkia, Thazde, Urhur. Urhur, female, Er is Emma, Shathar, Shathi, Nephis, Nulara, Murathi, Sephiris, Thola, Umara, Zolus. And then some surnames are Ankalab, Anskud, Fezen, Hashpet, uh, no, Hapet. Nathadan separate uh Uthracht and uh Rashimi. So Rashimi are mostly found in the east of the inner sea and uh usually often intermingle with like Mullen. And uh Rashimis are usually short, stout and muscular, use of dusky brown skin, dark eyes and thick black hair. Some sample names are uh for the males. Borivik, Falgar, Jander, uh, Kanathar, Mad Islak, Raumevik, Shalmer, Vlad Islak. Some sample female are Fevera, Hurmara, Imith, Imzil, Navara, Shevra, Tamith, Eoldra, and then some sur- surnames are Shergoba. Dernina, Iltazera, Murni Ethra, Murn Ethra, Stay An Ogar, Omokina, uh, so Shu, the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, S H O U, Shu. Uh, the Shu are the most common and numerous, the most numerous and uh, powerful ethnic group in Carter, and that's in the very far east of Faerun. They have yellowish bronze, uh, usually skin, they have usually yellowish bronze skin with uh, black hair and dark eyes, and uh, their surnames are usually presented before their given names. And some male names are An, Shen, Chi, Fa, Jin. Jun, Lian, Lon, Men, Men, M E N J, no M E N G, 
On, Shan, Shu, Wen, and some female names are Bai, Chao, Dia, Le, Mei, Kuaio, Shui, Tai, and then some surnames are Shen, uh, Chen, no, I think I said Chen twice accidentally, Huan, Kao, Kan, Leo, Lin, Mei, Pin, Shen, Sam, Tan, Wan, and then so Ted, uh, Rian, so Tethrian are usually widespread across the entire Sword Coast and Western Edge of Faerun. You have like a medium build and height with dusky skin that uh, usually is fairer than farther north they dwell. And uh, their hair and eye color is like really varies. There's no particular color, but brown hair and blue eyes are the most common. And uh, they usually use the Chondathan. Remember, that was the second human ethnicity group. They usually use their names, like some of their common names. Turami. So Turami, uh, this is the final one, are native to the southern shore of the Inner Sea. And uh, they're usually tall and muscular with dark magrony skin, curly black hair, and dark eyes. And uh, Turami names... The, some common names are Anton, Dario, Marcon, Peron, Rimado, Romero, Salazar, Umbero. Those are male. And some common female names are Balama, Donna, Ferra, Jalana, Lusa, Marta, Cora, Saris, Vonda. And then some common surnames are Augusto, Astoria. Kawabra, Domin, Valon, Marivaldi, Pisakar, Pisakar, Ramondo. And uh, so human traits. So now uh, we're going to talk about some human traits. And then we'll uh, be done about humans. So ability scores, since like humans are really like, uh, they have no like specific gender, like, they can be really like well rounded and stuff like uh like two and stuff like two ability scores increasing by like two. Uh their each of their ability scores increases by one. So they're good at so they're dec so like they can be uh so it's not they're not as good as certain skills as our races, but they're like it's like a dwarf might be better at strength and constitution than a human. But a human would be a bit better at some of the other skills. So they sacrifice kind of like being better at a few skills. They sacrifice. So they're not the. So other races would be really good at a few skills. Uh, humans would be like decent at most skills. So age. So humans usually reach adulthood in their late teens and live less than a century. And alignment, uh, the humans tend towards no particular alignment, and uh, the best and worst are found among them. Size, uh, have widely varying heights and build. The uh, they can be from barely five feet to well over six feet tall, and uh, regardless of your position at range, your size is medium. Uh, speed, your base, uh, you can move thirty feet a turn. 
and languages. So you can speak, read, and write common in one extra language of your choice. And uh, humans typically learn the language of people they deal with. Uh, but they are fond of sprinkling like their speech with uh, words from other languages. Like orc curses, elvish musical expressions, dwarvish military phrases, and so on. And I have another little like a uh, side thingy for humans I have here somewhere. Got it. And it's called Variant Human Traits. If your campaign uses the optional feat rules for chapter six. Uh oh, this is a thin gen for the player's handbook. Let me get mine. Got it. And uh, chapter six is all about these different kind of customization options, feats. Maybe we'll talk about that after creating a character. And uh, so this can be a variant instead of doing the normal, uh, like ability score improvements. You can do, uh, instead of getting all your ability scores increases by one, you can do this variant. And so with two different ability scores, your choice increased by one. And you gain proficiency of one skill of your choice, which remember we talked about. There's a whole... There's a six main ability score, so there's a bunch of skills derived by that, and if you're proficient in one, uh, so these skills, you add your bonus to the derives, to the skill it was derived from, you add your, like, bonus to that, bonus or minus to that, to the roll, uh, like, you roll die 20, then you add, uh, the bonus or minus of what it was derived from to the roll, and if you're proficient in the skill, you also add your proficiency bonus. And then feats, you gain one feat of your choice, which are, like, uh, these kind of really, like, skills of, like, mastering a little area. And, uh, yeah, so we're done humans. So, uh, the ep- we're at the end of the episode, and, uh, yeah, I'd just like to say this episode went a little bit late, and I know that. And, uh, I'll be gone for four weeks, no episodes out then, and, uh, yeah. Remember, you can contact me and ask me questions about Dungeons & Dragons at the D&D guy at gmail.com. No spaces, no capitals. And, uh, yeah, so I'll see you uh, probably in four and a half weeks on the next episode. Next time, we'll be talking about two new races, no, uh, Dragonborn and Gnomes. See you next time.